First of all, what's the greatest music video of all of all time? There is an answer. I I gotta say Wuthering Heights Wuthering uh, <laughs> Werther's Originals. Uh, Wuthering Heights <laughs> by Kate Bush, the one where she is in the red dress and just dancing. That is what one do you of the best Alex? videos of all time. Um, it's the best music video of all time. Oh uh, man. That's a good question. Turn Down for What is also a really good fucking insane that music video. That is a really good one. I have always been a fan of uh, Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, that's another good one. I'm going to go ahead and say that the greatest one of all time, and this is factually accurate, is Everlong by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> that is a incredible dope video. video. That, uh, but speaking of, uh, Hero is also speaking of very music. Oh, oh Hero enough. by um, uh, Chad Kroger and uh, the other guy. Uh, <laughs> the other Spider-Man's guy. Spider-Man's in it. <laughs> um, speaking of music, uh, so FF13 came out in 2009 technically in japan and then 2010 everywhere else and you know what also came out in 2009 but didn't hit actually its stride until 2010 what is fireflies that? by owl city oh wow, wow. now so was for- 2010 when it got memed to hell and back i feel like that would probably be much later in the life cycle Probably, but for the How rest of Google? this episode, I will be looking for opportunities. Owl City. I mean, we were technically, we were brought to this city on an owl. <laughs> we, were, we, we were brought to this city on an owl. <laughs> uh, we are in some sort of owl city. Since <laughs> you would not believe your eyes. Sid Rain's fucking dice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, years and years ago, um, for a lot of... Uh, uh, creepy Dave from um, I, I always say that because his username is creepy, like C E R three three. That's what I know him by. Whenever I refer so, to him, I but always then anytime uh, I sound like a fucking insane like biker guy at like a <laughs> bad part of town, and it's just like, oh yeah, Creepy Dave used to come in here all the time, and he would start fights <laughs> if someone played the wrong song on the jukebox. And like, I always feel so bad. But my my close personal friend Dave uh, of the Daycare Dittos podcast um, for many years. Um, <laughs> Would, That's part of Creepy Dave's lore now. Is that when, <laughs> when somebody used to play the wrong song on the jukebox? <laughs> uh, creepy, creepy Dave did used to go to a bar that was in a shopping center right next to a Seven Eleven with um, some other friends of ours uh, that worked at the comic shop that was right around there that he called Dad Bar because it was in the back of a liquor store and it was just like only like sad dads would be in there <laughs> and that became his favorite bar <laughs> forever. And I had the uh, the privilege of getting to go to Dad Bar a couple of times. One of which so he's was a sad for, dad. Uh, heart (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we went uh because a a friend of ours uh was expecting a child and we're like well there's no better way to have like a baby shower for the dudes than to go to dad bar (laughs) and just like give him a bunch of diapers and stuff and like whatever he needed for like the the... so that was the dude baby shower them a bunch of diapers i thought you meant like the people at dad bar (laughs) yeah we were all wearing diapers no but that place is insane Um, but diapers are on me boys (laughs) it's like passing around (laughs) the deep lore on that is uh when the nes classic came out uh dave got that but he was working so much that he didn't really have time to play it and he you know he was just like oh a new nintendo thing it's like 40 bucks or whatever i'll just get this because i'm gonna have it forever it's kind of cool and um he didn't have any time to play it and he was talking to the bartender there and the bartender was just like oh yeah um i, I really want one of those but they sold out immediately and dave's like yeah just borrow mine like whatever like i i'm not gonna play it for a while you can just give it back to me when you're when you're tired of it or something and the guy was like oh really and he was like yeah yeah he's like no i wouldn't do that to you he's like no no, no take it take it take it Gave it to him, and then for a year straight, anytime Dave would try to close out a stab, the bartender would just be like, no, you're all set. 
Like he just got oh, three wow. beers. So like he probably is probably like close to like a thousand dollars worth of drinks that he just didn't have to pay because he let the guy borrow the NES classic. Damn, the power of the power of the NES classic is unrivaled. Yeah. Do you know what classic? I forget it was? how we even got on that that tangent. Oh, the reason Al City. Um, but for, for many years I would just kind of be Dave would always get uh plus ones to weddings, like family weddings. And through various circumstances throughout life, he, his his partner or whatever wouldn't be able to go. So he'd be like, hey, you want to come to this wedding? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I just went to a bunch <laughs> of his family weddings. And um me and his cousins the night before one of the weddings were just listening to all the meme versions of that song and laughing so hard that it like hurt to breathe and we were like crying. It was like extremely funny for some reason that is one kind of plus one to get but the other kind of plus one that i want is that extra atb bar that comes from getting the ultimate weapon (laughs) in ff13 (laughs) (laughs) because as you may not have been able to guess from the intro (laughs) this is the every fnff podcast i was getting ready to say this is the final fantasy 13 podcast that's not right which is also technically correct (laughs) (laughs) for all you podheads who listen to podcasts on shuffle (laughs) (laughs) damn that's incredible energy actually <laughs> where can I do that? Like what? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a whole other a show where it's like, okay, each of us are going to listen to a podcast and discuss it. We're going to listen to Serial. Uh, yeah. and we're going to listen to it <laughs> shuffled and then talk about it. That would be a fucking disaster. <laughs> but yeah, uh, happy new year, everyone. Sorry. Oh my for God, the, it's uh, 2023. Yeah, so a bit of a delay on the, uh, on the episodes coming out because um, it's been busy. It's been a busy end of the year for all what of us. What do you us, mean? It's it, December 11th was yesterday, right? I, I'm looking back at my video and it's like, this video is from 22 days ago. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> nuts. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's funny too, because I was I was re-listening to the episode today as I was doing like a deep clean of my house and uh, just to like refresh my memory of what the fuck we were talking about weeks ago. And um, I, I just kept saying like, oh, next week we're doing this and next week and next week. And I was just like, this is so long ago. <laughs> yeah, we kind of fell off our horse. But we're back on yeah. with our focus. Crisis Core has come out. Since, yeah, Crisis since Core then. has come out. Andrew Tate got arrested. <laughs> nice. I don't even know <laughs> if we've ever talked about it. that dude on the podcast. Because I don't him, really but... know who he is except through his horrible deeds. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's who he is. Yeah, you're right. When some character gets canceled, I'm like. I never heard of this guy. He has like a huge following. I've never heard of this dude. <laughs> uh-huh. It's nice to be out of touch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, um, lots, lots has happened. Lots has happened. We uh, we killed an Animan child. We sure did. did. In cold blood. We did. In cold blood. We 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 jumped up and punched it in snoot. I really did. I used high wind to finish that son of a bitch off. Nice. Hell Damn. yeah. Love to see it. I finally unlocked uh, Army of One, I think. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, you mentioned that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, kept kept forgetting about it until hours in, and then I was like, oh yeah, let me try this out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sick move. It's really, really cool. Um... I, I can it, probably talk about it more when we get to the next boss fight that we're going to okay. be talking about today because I used it uh, too much, some might say, <laughs> the way I was using it. So I'll, uh, I'll be excited to talk on that. So have we talked about uh, the way the city looks in this area that we just walked into yet? Kind of. I mean, we, we, we're we on kind of this freeway and it's kind of coming around a bend and then there's just animals and soldiers fighting everywhere. There's shit happening outside of the bounds of the the map um and if you're not looking a part of the highway collapses which leads down yes 
which took me yeah. a second because you hear something happening. It's not like every other modern game where the camera kind of shifts to a like make sure you catch the moment, which I've been noticing a lot yeah. now replaying remake. I'm like, oh yeah, it does this thing that I wish 13 did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it has the camera point over to. <laughs> it forces you to walk a little slowly so you can kind of like get a little, you kind of like soak it in and then keep moving. Yeah, I will say though, I do not. I didn't mind it so much when I first played remake, but. I think if I were to play it again, the sections of like mandatory walking feel so bad. Maybe it's just the speedrunner oh, in my yeah, brain, but yeah. I remember a friend and enemy of the show, Corey, was like texting me while he was playing it. He was just like, dude, these sections where I just have to walk because the game decides I have to walk, I fucking hate. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they should kind of just cut scenes where you can just skip. Like, I don't want to sludge after Sephiroth. Yeah. Limping. Mm through like ruins and shit like it just let me skip that that's just a cutscene that i use the joystick in. yeah uh, but i mean obviously on the flip side it's what we were talking about uh last week wink wink um <laughs> where <laughs> you can just totally miss things like the uh the fight between the uh pulse uh behemoth and the you know the shitty one that can't <laughs> Get its HP the gentrified back, it behemoth. <laughs> the gentrified, yeah. Yeah, speaking of like uh, skipping cutscenes and things, something I skipped several times is a new enemy type here. Oh yeah, uh, called the Humbaba. Mm-hmm. Fuck these guys. I, yeah, these guys fucking suck. We we were also talking about uh, with nothing but disdain for these guys last week. Because oh, where are we? I didn't remember if we hit it last time or this time. Yeah, I we, hate these guys. We alluded to it the entire episode, and then we finally got to it here, and we talked about it a little bit, and talked about how there's the one fight where it's just two of them, and like you're oh like, oh my that's god, the there's only... a fight with two of them. Yeah, and you were like, that's the only time I've ever been like, fuck this, I'm not going for it. So it's just yeah, a yeah, yeah. white feral behemoth, right? It's just kind of ghosty and gross looking, which. Yeah, it's cool. Looking. I think this is the last one you can, last wild variant we can fight. I mean, strongest yeah. one in the game, I think. Oh, okay. It's so a, much like the, um, much like those uh, bosses that we fought. I think the uh, the the name Humbaba, uh, according to the fine folks at Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. Um, <laughs> In ancient Mesopotamia region, Humbaba, also spelled Huwawa, yo, shoutouts to Wawa, hell yeah. Yo, Wawa. Uh, was surnamed the Terrible, uh, was a monstrous giant of immemorial age raised by Utu, the sun, justice, truth god, uh, guardian of the cedar forest where the gods lived by the will of God, whoever. But yeah, it's, it's an old uh, uh, Mesopotamian god. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm looking at its uh, um, Wikipedia page on the Final Fantasy fandom, or whatever. I guess it's not Wikipedia; it's the, the fandom page. But whatever. Sure. Uh, I'm looking yeah, at this page the there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and it has strategies for like late game uh, enemies for five star attempts, like how to five star this enemy. And for this one, it says like this is where you want to use Army of One. And I was like, ah, okay. No wonder we just got those. Makes that sense. Makes sense then. Because it was like, yeah, if you get it to where it's getting ready to transform, because you can get it pretty low, you can get it to pretty low health before it transforms. It's like you can just interrupt it from doing that by hitting army of one and just drain it the rest of the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I've never noticed how his body undulates as it's transforming into standing like a guy mode. His body like throbs like fucking Bane or something from, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> I was born on Grand Pulse. You really adapted to it. Just imagine, I'm imagining these feral behemoths just like getting dressed in the morning because they wear pants. <laughs> they they, oh, they yeah. start their day like Weird. anyone else, like one one pant leg at a time. Yeah. Huh. Well, they're assholes and they do a lot of damage. And uh, as soon as they uh, when they stand up, 
they start being able to use uh, Sunder, which is, it just kills whoever it hits, pretty much. Yeah, it, and it, that's it. Yeah, they're. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's just a very difficult uh, behemoth fight. Um, He's got his pizza cut. And uh, <laughs> I think Curtis, you were saying that you used all the souls on yours <laughs> to to like take down yeah. one of them. There's like a so in this area because we were we were talking about there's um, several scenes of the uh, pulse. Uh, soldiers like Psycom fighting these creatures. So a lot of times you can go in and you can just have the Humbaba fighting the the Pulse soldiers and kind of like play both sides a little bit. But there are a couple that are just the Humbaba by themselves and like I didn't want to skip anything so I was like alright I'm going to beat them. So I just was like Fortisol, Aegisol, Deceptisol, run mm -hmm. up on them and just fucking knock them down real quick. Um, and I just like went through all of them, like all of my souls trying to get these guys down. And then like, <laughs> like we were alluding to at the end when there's just two of them, I was like, nah, that's, I don't feel like it. <laughs> that ain't happening. Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I found this, I, um, when I was first playing through it, it just reminded me of that yin yang twins song from fucking <laughs> 2009 or whatever, uh, with Pitbull. I think it's called shake. I literally had yep. to look it up again because I, I couldn't remember. I was like, I, there was a funny song that I was singing when I first saw its name, yeah. but I don't remember it, but it goes like, I think that song is probably the reason why I say brap all the time. For me, yeah. it's the reason why everyone says yin yang when it's yin yang. Yeah, probably. That actually makes sense. Yeah. That's also why I spell corn with a K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, like you were saying last time uh, about the, the Psycoms here, they are called the Archangels. Yeah. And so there's several fights between like Humbaba and the Archangels, Archangels and um, Seath. There are like flying Seath everywhere. Um, oh, yeah. And there's just a shit ton of Adamant Childs just walking around too, which yeah. I also did not fuck with them. I said, no, thank you. Yeah, we, we had to kill one of them. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough child murder. I like that Archangel's helmet has like an outer ring, which I feel like might be yeah. pretty nice if 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 you take a swing at him, it just hits the ring instead of the helmet directly. It kind of dissipates some of the impact. Some good functional design there. I hate to get it caught on something though. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. I would be getting that shit caught on things all the time. You just grab him like a kettlebell. In <laughs> yeah, Interestingly, uh, the highways in Eden, like the freeways, they all have sidewalks and like pretty wide sidewalks but there is nothing to go to on them i'm just like noticing <laughs> that they're like if you were to walk up one of these like nice stairs and again they look like very like modern like kind of campus design like if you were to like walk up the stairs onto these is it just nice a bus stop walks maybe but like you can walk all the way down the freeway but there's no other way to like get on and off you're just like stuck walking on it forever there's nowhere to just go when the convention comes they have like a row of 10 10 mega buses lining up it's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. here at 30th street station you know i wonder how much of that is just like deeply ingrained in uh like japanese culture and public transit and just you know like urban planning shout outs to Corey. um like to us, we see that and we're like, damn, why would this highway have like a walkable section on it and stuff? But in Japan, I feel like pretty much every single road is like has some sort of way to get across it that does not involve a car, I, whether it's like a bike lane or like a <laughs> walkable. And I, I choose to interpret this in the opposite direction that it's 
that it was difficult for the designers to design such a terrible idea as an American freeway. And so, like, <laughs> no, this is Eden. This is a this is a utopia. We don't want. We need sidewalks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super walkable. Uh, I do have some questions. It's, about it's the city super planner. walkable, but there's no way to go. It's walkable to its to a fault. Yeah, to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah. I, now it is walkable, but at the same time, it's extremely not because in order to get to these Adamantile and other enemies, for some reason, they thought it'd be a good idea to just have collapsed overpasses that we have to jump and do stuff to get through. <laughs> yeah, that, that was actually like that, that before the invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely was the uh, the intended way the structures no, the are. The sidewalks uh, were, part, were beamed in through the trans the trans gate as well. <laughs> <laughs> now after a, it's like once we get to like the end of this little section, there is a section where we kind of walk down off of a set of stairs uh, onto another road. Yeah, it's like um, a, it, it feels almost like the stairway coming from a like an elevated subway to another street yes. or something like that because yeah. is, is there, there's an intersecting street under us that we can walk down to and and that takes us onto another road where we can kind of pass a little gate and there's uh, a, yeah there's like another alpha behemoth around here that we can easily just avoid <laughs> i like that uh, on on the other side of the gate of this road because like the road continues on and it's kind of like a more um urban road uh there actually are buildings that you can like go to on on these streets. Like you can't go to them. Like we 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 are not able to do that as a player. But we can see just past like breaks in the road where we're allowed to traverse that there are like what looks like modernist apartments and like the the modernist apartments that are called like the something at something. <laughs> the groves at Blank yeah, Plaza. You know yeah. I mean? like, oh yeah, absolutely. They're they're popping up everywhere in here in Philly too. God, that that actually reminds me. There's one uh, that I drive past every now and then where they took the iconic uh, Love Park um, Love, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like statue that says L O and the O is kind of tilted and says Love. You know, if you've, yeah, you've yeah, probably yeah. seen it, if I'm talking about it. Um, that one's someone, that's right beside my job, isn't it? Yeah. Someone uh, doxing oh, yeah. himself. Uh, oh, whoops. <laughs> Um, yeah, here you go. If you if you uh, if you're a part of any terrorist organization and you decide to blow up the Love uh, Park statue, you will be killing me. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, there's one that just like it, it's so fucking. It, it, it seems made up at how like just oh yeah, let's take the the love thing and, and call it this instead, and it just says rent. It's like rent <laughs> here from us. Let us be your landlord. Like I, I get fucking sick of my stomach every time I see it. Yeah, like Jesus. Fucking yes, we should. We should rent everything. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Except we don't have Blockbuster anymore. It mm. really makes you think. <laughs> we thought you were talking about the uh, the pr the stage production of Rent. No, it's about that. A Philly just... version of Rent. I'm like, what? <laughs> but uh, what is nice is that. Even though we're not able to continue down these roads and go to the go to these uh, rentable, highly rentable buildings, um, instead we turn to the this right. Affordable, affordable housing. Eight hundred dollars for one bedroom, but you're sharing the flat with five other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, on the right, though, there is like a public park in this game. Or I assume yeah. it's a public park. I mean, we're able to get to it, and other people are milling around. But this is like more residential area, right? We're kind of in a gated residential sector of Eden, I think. Yeah. Probably so. It's a lot more yeah. walkable because yeah, you're talking about the park, which looks a lot like, you know, a lot of stuff that uh, Corey was mentioning, like DC and stuff like that. Yeah, a mm -hmm. lot of modern architecture. Actually, it reminds me a lot of like some. There's the, this super Art Deco-y looking three buildings over an old city, and there's no real roads going up to it. You have to kind of walk around it, and there's just lots of 
curvy kind of mid-century looking design everywhere but it's very much that yeah reminds me of being down on like the uh, the drexel campus area mm. in, uh, oh yeah philadelphia yeah. Mm-hmm. or even like even upin or yeah upin oh yeah there's even like um, a greenhouse roof on some parts of this too so there are like an indoor are. park it's like I, indoor outdoor it's interesting there's never like any delineation from going from outdoor to indoor other than just like there is some roofing it, it reminds me a lot of there in uh, Resident Evil 3 in the very beginning of the game when you're going around Raccoon City. You have to like go up to a statue and like do a puzzle to open it and you get like a car battery or something in it that you need to then like <laughs> use to course, yeah. put into like a, a, a trolley or something like something insane. But um, this area kind of reminds me of that where it, it, like it, in another setting, not like post apocalypse uh, Raccoon City, it would look very Let's nice. Fucking like, <laughs> <laughs> nemesis pops yeah. up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that area. Yeah, I can see it. I think it's very funny that there's uh, just a few uh, <laughs> civilians just walking around slowly while there's like a bunch of seeth just like brawling in the middle of like. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Dude, what mean, can you do? And then it's just. What's to be done? To some extent, what is to be done? Because like, I don't know that there is anywhere for these people to go. And it's just like, well. Yeah. Although a lot of the people who are walking around are still mentioning like. This is the Oh, end. we need to get to the. um. Uh, what is the it? Seat the Seat of Eden or whatever. Eden Hall, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do Hall, like that one of them. Yeah. One of them says, uh, like, oh, why isn't the army doing anything? I'm like, hell yeah, based. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all kind of trapped in here right now. Yeah. I mean, the army is definitely doing something. They're just not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, we're killing them. <laughs> yeah, we are killing <laughs> They're them. They're fighting us. <laughs> they are getting killed by monsters that are also trying to kill the civilians. Speaking of which, along these uh, along these pathways, there are a lot of Seath. Uh, There's a lot of we multiple big, paths like, we can take. If we, we can avoid Seath altogether if we wanted. because There's a cool little like pretzely kind of like underpass, overpass, couple little uh, mm-hmm. plazas that interlink with each other. It's very interesting. It's we nice. have a uh, familiar friend here um, from way back in, what was it, like chapter four or whatever? What was that Ooh. one boss that looks like Bulbasaur? Oh yeah. The, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we got the the Vernoflora harvester. Venusaur. It's a harvester. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Venusaur harvester. That's right. I somehow I'm watching back and I walked directly into this thing that was like getting ready to attack me like it like definitely saw me and is like stomping around and oh. I somehow got a preemptive strike out of that so that's good. I don't <laughs> think I know too much about this enemy um since I was e- able to take it down with a preemptive strike pretty easily. I remember um uh, it, it's been a while since I played through this section. It's been over a month now. Um, but I do, I, I seem to recall there were a couple fights that I did game over to and had to, to retry. There's more of the, um, the, like the Huntress type or whatever. I yeah, forget. Uh, they're fighting they're, Sahagans. The Huntresses are fighting Sahagans and shit. Oh yeah. The, the Sanctum Inquisitrix right. is their name <laughs> here. Um, it's the, it's the lady soldiers who are wearing the, the cool, like, you know, short shorts or whatever. Cause you know, that they look makes like, sense. Yeah. Like brawler derby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they can fuck you up. They are very mm-hmm. fast, and they have, like, mana drive things that uh, put, I think, like, protect and things like that up. So anytime I saw them, I was like... They were shooting off, like, four bu- debuffs, like, before we could even get one move in when we were fighting them on the Palmacia. I remember that. It was, like, yeah, so fast. Yeah, so, yeah, more more of that. And it's just, and, and you know, when they're, when it's just the two of them, it's not too bad. Um, but when they're paired up with other things, it's just very, it can get very dicey. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some tough fights here. There's there's a lot of treasure spheres around here yeah, as well. There um, are that have just really good late late game uh, upgrade materials like particle accelerators and things of that nature. So worth trying to grab. Absolutely, good loot. But uh, 
before we reach the end of this area, there is like a giant Bulbasaur and a tyrant kind of duking it out. Yes. And yeah. it takes some finagling if you want to avoid them, but did you all fight this thing? I did, yes. I believe so. I think, oh yeah, sorry, you were fighting it, but you kind of uh, underestimated which one you wanted to take out first, maybe. I think so, something something like that. Um, I think it was also, I... I I, I think what the problem that I had with it was I was like, I don't need to focus on the Centurion, Centaurian blade. Like, I don't need to worry about that. We'll just take out the thing and go and just kept getting bodied. And it was like, oh, yeah, because yeah. when it spawns in that blade, like you, you know, do have to respect it. You have to respect the blade and actually yeah, take it you out. You must study yeah. the blade. Yeah, um, yeah, now, yeah. Now that the enemy is at the, the gates, uh, <laughs> you come, come to, to me, me for It's a picture of the tyrant with its blade. <laughs> it can respawn that blade, too, I've realized. It can. Well. Yeah, yeah, I learned that the hard way as well. I was like, fuck. It's like, dude. all right, this, the blade's done, so now I can take down the Bulbasaur or whatever. And That's another good enemy to have a try disaster on if you're, mm. if you're like, oh, trying yeah. to get through real quick because you can stagger it before um it gets its move off so i'm guessing that balzar works for psycom because i we bumped into them at the, yeah. the gapper whitewood and the tyrant i'm assuming is from pulse yes yeah that makes sense because it actually took me a while i, I looked in the enemy until and i think there is a unaltered version of this balzar thing on a grand pulse we can fight eventually so i didn't i thought it was organic originally but it's oh, okay. apparently okay. cybernetic we keep calling it Balbazar as the harvester. <laughs> this is this is the part. This is the part where I finally finally unlocked Army of One, and I'm okay, looking okay. at it, and I was literally two thousand Christogen points away from unlocking it, and then started leveling up everything else for a lightning, and I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, we get to the end of the section, and the Lassier finally stopped. Like our our our. Our march through the capital. We've taken on Humbabas. We've taken on Adam Manchilds. We've taken on the entire military. But there was one thing that we didn't count on, and that was just a door that was locked. And so, <laughs> the hey, one effective. thing we couldn't possibly have prepared for. It worked on in M Night Shyamalan's uh, signs, where the the creatures have mastered intergalactic flight and and space travel and could invade a planet, but can't get out of a wooden door on a pantry. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, this is this is no different because uh, we get up to the door. Um, Snow gets mad at it, like, oh, so close, pounds on it, and says, "Oh, so close!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is where it ends. Then we um, uh, become skeletons. Yeah, it's very much like uh, Saws of Vanille on the Palmacia. They just get swarmed and doomed as we. Uh, oh, that's right. Assume. Yeah. And uh, Lightning says, "We'll find another way in." And Snow says, "There's no time for that," which sounds very much the opposite of what they usually say. I am like usually quick, Snow would be like, "Oh, we'll do another way in." <laughs> real quick, I'm I'm still watching back my my footage, and uh, against one of those Bulbasaur guys, um, I I was like, "Let me try out Army of One." Everyone seems to really like this. Let me give it a shot. Really cool cinematic shots. Lightning doing her thing, really raising the the stagger bar and all of that. She like finishes it off, does like the backflip, and like. Lands real cool, and then as her ATB is going up, the thing was still alive. It walked up to her slowly, knocked her into the air, jumped up and spiked her down, and she just fucking died. So it was still like <laughs> kind of cinematic. Like she like got up and like did a backflip, but then was just like on her knee. It was just like, no, it can't end like this. I was like, damn, dude, this this move fucking sucks. Why did I spend any any points on it? <laughs> but uh, the other thing that can make a door very annoying, other than just being locked, is if doors screamed at you because that's. Oh, yeah. Always awful. And the door starts uh, releasing a hideous noise. I thought this was like engine noise or something. 
Oh, it's, maybe. It's, it's hard to tell because Snow's theme is also blasting over it, so. It's kind of like that, but slow down. Yeah. But yeah, the gate but, uh, opens up. The gate opens up, and, and it is like a foul sea gate, right? Like, as it opens, we see that there's like a awful creature this inside. This one has bobes on it. The other one was, I think... This <laughs> one's got boobs. This one, actually, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 this one has breasts, and the other one didn't. It had like kind of just a, a, a full eight-pack on the other door. So this is the <laughs> feminine entrance, I'm guessing. But um, the gate goes up. No more. Yeah, and, and, we, and like all of the sea get ready to fight it. <laughs> They're like, yeah. all right, here we go. Fuck this door. But we hear a voice that says, Gate catch a beat, hero. Pretty lame. And I thought I was done with them. I thought it was over. <laughs> oh, yeah. This part's so good, dude. I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, as that's happening, we see like a... Uh, it's a Halo ghost. I, whatever. It, they just t took the, the ghost from Halo. They're called the, the, air bikes, I think. Yeah, it's the air bike, and it kind of flies directly at Snow, and he has to, like, duck back to make sure it doesn't hit him. Yeah, and we kind of start seeing some familiar uh, clothes, some familiar shapes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's Nora. It's Nora! Not Hope's mom. She's still dead as shit. Uh, Nora, yeah, yeah, uh, Snow's yeah. fun gang of, of uh, precocious scamps. They survived yeah. Hanging Edge, getting completely vaporized from the... They survived getting hunted down by fucking the Pulse uh, Psycom in the yeah. uh, Brescia Lakes. I remember immediately being, like, stoked, being like, oh, my old friends and stuff, and then, like, wait. A lot of shit has changed since then, and there's this whole narrative going around about what we are here to do, and, like, these guys haven't seen us in a while. They don't know any of that. Oh, I'm like, yeah, oh, shit, yeah. like, are we gonna have to, like, fucking fight I, Nora? Like, I, it's gonna be a really tense situation. Um, but luckily it's not. Ew. No, they're just here to open a door for us, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that Yuge is there, and he's like, so, Snow, you're a pulseless sea now, huh? And Snow's like, yeah, good times. <laughs> So that's pretty sick. But yeah, they're like, why didn't you tell us? Why, why didn't you come and find us? Sh you shut the fuck up. I've had other things to do. <laughs> we were, they were yeah, in the right? vestige. The vestige fell and like we were getting hunted down immediately because of all the, us just like going in there and punching Anima to death. Yeah. Mm. So I think, yeah, we've had our hands kind of full. We got separated. The entire Nora gang's here, and they all are like, "Yeah, I can't believe you didn't come see us. Oh, we've been waiting for you." And they say they've been uh, they've been with the rest of the purge victims. Uh, Gado's there, and he says, "But damn, the pulse falci sure know how to pick them." Yeah, and Lightning says, "Out of all the idiots in the world, they chose this one about snow." Get him! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely dragged, dude. I love, yeah, like, Snow <laughs> Hate to is... be him right now. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, hey, come on, like, I I'm your fearless leader. You're not supposed to laugh at the boss. Yeah, Snow's used to being the the mature, like, respected one of Nora. Now he's, like, just becoming the child of, <laughs> of yeah. the Fable Sea group. Uh, but Nora says they're going to take care of, like, the civilians wandering around, and we'll go, uh, you know, yeah, onward. Yeah, LeBro says that. Hall. Shout out to LeBro, best girl. It's true. It's true. Um... And they all do their they all do their uh, their motto, right? Snow's like, "What's our motto?" And they say, "The foul seer no match for Nora." So instead yeah, of the army, is no match. Really it's, good. It's cute, really yeah. good. Which, like, I suppose, good on them for keeping up with the advancing plot. <laughs> like, even though, I like, want to know more about that. I didn't. I didn't look into yeah, the data yeah. logs to see if there's like a whole B plot of Nora. Like, no. Realizing <laughs> all of this stuff. I mean, they were also about to be purged, so I guess. 
Like, no matter what, like, they, I don't think they're, like, too down with, uh, Sanctum. There's probably oh, some pirate radio that, like, or some shit going on, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, At that point, it was still the army, though, because they're like, yeah, fuck the army. They're purging everybody. You know Yeah, I mean? that's true. They, they've always been, like, anti-authoritarian, so it yeah. makes sense. No rules. No, wait. What does it say? No obligations. No rules, just right. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> it's like yeah so everyone should like snow should be like yo uh, yeah no obligations part i didn't need to come and find you guys yeah like, he's like listen yeah, guys yeah. for as long as my tenure of uh leading you i've operated on vibes alone so how can you attack yeah, me yeah. now no obligations also just seems like yeah we can show up if you want it seems very, <laughs> a very relaxed uh revolutionary yeah, it's a potluck you can bring something if you want but uh if you don't ridged, bring anything you can still have some food it's fine some ridged chips we're all friends here <laughs> some ridged chips <laughs> so uh they speed off i like this slow motion with like a really nice shot with uh, them going back past snow and him looking over his shoulder facing away from nora mm -hmm. it's yeah, kind of it's a nice, really nice like a little sun setting on like snow and nora i'm guessing <laughs> yeah and and so starting right here at the end of this cutscene, they don't mention it, but this is the first scene in which there's like uh, like Final Fantasy X pyre flies in the air, right? There's yeah, like 10 yeah, million fire flies you that were, give you me misty eyes one. as they say farewell. Um, but there are. There, there's like a, like a snow or something in the air, right? Right, yeah. Like as we start some from Some sort of section. snow or perhaps some sort of hope in the air. <laughs> hard, hard Did we mention this last? Curtis made reference to it. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if that was on pod or not. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, but. we talked about it afterwards. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, there are. I, I'm, laugh I, I'm I'm laughing because at the end of the cutscene, as Nora goes away, uh, Snow totally does the John Bender thing from the end of the the uh, the Breakfast Club, where <laughs> he's just like, you "Don't you forget, forget about, about me?" He like puts his hand up in the air like that. Like it's that's fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great. Yeah, the uh, crystal particles that are flying, floating around. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also some distrust of the Falci uh, starting to kind of spread around of the just the civilians here, which is good news yeah, yeah. given our plan has just been like, hey, try to make people see the truth. Uh, one civilian in particular says like, where are the Falci? Why aren't they helping us? Which is a very good question. You know, like yeah, they spent their yeah. whole life thinking that they are being protected and and nurtured by these Why gods. Why have you forsaken Yeah, yeah and, and then, then when there's like, an oh. actual crisis happens, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool and based. Doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. Uh, no. And then we walk up on two humbabas. humbabas. Yeah, and we quickly uh, avoid those humbabas. We, we, we run right past them. And then there's another two at the top of some stairs that we can also <laughs> We run right past them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those guys. Uh, there's also a Saz uh, weapon that we can grab. The oh, deluxes. the Ataris. Yeah, the, oh, the wait, Ataris yeah. Deluxe. That's right. <laughs> Antares Autotune. Uh, it, it's cool too because the uh, the stairs that you're talking about, Alex, at the end of this, that have the two humbabas that jump down the stairs at us. Yep. It looks like we're getting ready to walk up to like a large building. There's like a big like government looking building at the end of this. It's right? a Star Warsy looking. Uh... Dude, Eden looks like Coruscant. That's what it looks. It like. It looks like yeah. a, a really nice like AMC IMAX. This AMC in like Burbank, California, or LA, or something. Where you're like, damn, <laughs> tickets are seventeen bucks. But... Is this where MacFest is? Yeah, this is where we finally reached National Harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the Game Lord. Yeah. CPAC was here last week, but uh, this week it's gamers. You you make the call. Who's worse? <laughs> <laughs> even though we're um 
on like an elevated highway just the stairs are held up by suspension cables interestingly so <laughs> like the one part of the bridge that like is actually yeah, attached to the ground oh yeah is this part of like there's like a lot of stuff in Eden because far away from Eden it looks like there is like kind of a large almost like call it like a basket handle that seems like be a lot of things that are kind of either hold, held from that but we are yeah, elevated because yeah. they're um at the atrium there's a lot of glass flooring and stuff Chekhov's glass floor. Chekhov's oh glass this, floor, indeed. This <laughs> there is quite a scene there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the entrance of this... This is uh, Leviathan Plaza. Yeah. Ooh. At, at the entrance of this uh, this large building at the top of these stairs... The red carpet um, is out for we us. Get a, yeah, the red carpet is rolled out for us. Uh, literally. Um, we actually get a cutscene where they're talking about like this increasingly dense like crystal material, possibly right, uh, mm. that's floating around, and like and it becomes increasingly dense as we go. And they finally have like a cutscene about it, uh, and Vanille's like, "What is this stuff? Like, what is happening here?" And Lightning like tries to catch some in her hand and to look at it. Some sort of crystal. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very dreamy. It's emitting from somewhere. It's very ethereal. Yes. This also makes a lot of appearances in the uh, the book that uh, Carl was reading. Oh yeah, um, I, I've started reading more of that book, and there is a lot of more presence of that, even like in the vestige and stuff like that. That's very eerie. I do want to say that that book, from what I read of it and read on the podcast, I really like how it paints the people of uh, Cocoon as just being like extremely useless. Like everything there is just like completely so catered to that there's just no instinct and just no like not even any taste. Like Fang and Vanilla are like, this shit sucks, dude. <laughs> really, really fantastic. That was a lot of fun to read. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as they're like debating what it could be, a like gigantic holographic face of Bartandalus appears. <laughs> did they do this with Heidegger in the remake as well? Like, they do. Yeah, it's very much did. like that. Yep, they yep. did. Yep. As we're about to fight the uh, the air. The air buster, I think. The right? air buster. This yep. is a giant hologram of Heidegger, yeah. Yeah, uh, also he... known as the air scrub. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably made that joke on the season that we did on 7, but whatever. But Bart's here. He's got a big head. Giant Pope. He explains that what is happening is the the conflict that's happening is rousing the maker. The right? clamor. And it's um, made of clams. Yeah, the clams. The clamors. Uh, yeah, I like that Saz says we'll stop this ruckus soon enough. Bit of a uh, um, bit of an anti Wu Tang stance, but uh, in this case, yeah. I'll allow it and I support <laughs> it. Uh, they're not bringing the motherfucking ruckus. They're in fact going <laughs> yeah, to stop it. The <laughs> But yeah, he explains that like the cavalry is charging. He's like, can you stop their charge? Um, filled with righteousness, they will slaughter orphan in the name of freedom. Your only recourse will be to deliver them to death, swift and certain. And so like they have this plan, right? He's like, you're going to run in here. You, the only way you'll be able to stop the killing orphan is to kill all of the cavalry. And as we've read a little bit of, a mass amount of death is what's going to call the maker back anyway. So we're in a bit yeah. of a catch-22 here once again. Hmm. But uh, the party has some faith where Lightning's like, no, unlike you, they'll listen to reason. <laughs> we will see about that. I shall savor the demise of Cocoon from atop the highest seat in all of Eden. You too should hurry along to the heart of our grand capital. Your loved ones miss you so. And then he disappears. Um... And the party's like, 
you know, hope, hope says your destiny will decide. He says your destiny will decide our destiny. Yeah. And lightning's like right over Bartandalus's dead body, which was implied, but that's okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just again, the game being like, and who knows? Maybe, maybe it has something to do with how deep into the data logs we got. But like, could just be the game being like, oh yeah, in case you have no fucking idea what's going on here, because this game is insane, and we don't say anything in exposition. Here's all the exposition for you. <laughs> I would try to do a better translation of what lightning says at the end to see what it is. But the third kanji in that sentence, I don't know what it is. And I just don't feel like finding out. So we'll never know. Over Bartandalus' dead body. Yeah, in the, in the uh, Japanese version. Yeah. Um, I'll carve it into his body. Is that what it says? Is, is what the literal translation from Google says. <laughs> okay, cool. okay. I guess carve is that one. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, we got this lovely red tiling going up to the... Uh, Before we move on from this cutscene, there's something very important that happens at the end of the cutscene once Lightning says that. She like says that looking off into the distance, and then we the camera pans upward, or tilts, I suppose, as we often like to say. Oh, um, there's And we thing. see a very wide eye shape, like a two-dimensional shape in the sky that it seems like this is either where the crystals are going to or coming from. But uh, totally but it like that. lens flares, and we don't like they don't really say anything about it. But there is like yeah, there's some just kind of apparitional. Of yeah, there's some kind of like weird ethereal apparition in the shape of like uh, a, a wide ellipse just floating in the sky right now. My dumb ass like forgot that we were on Eden. That like oh yeah, Eden's up in the sky again or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I looked at that too, and I was just like, oh, that's that's where we're going. Like I just assumed that was our destination. I never know. Well, I think that. it's near our destination because we will see it again. Okay. This game is. I also, for a baby, I either thought it was Eden or the uh, the Sun Falci again. I was very uh, confused because it is just like blindingly glaring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a something I did never notice that. And, uh, and, and, now, and the a thing lot is, a few things make more sense now. We talked about this a little bit um, after recording the last podcast. Um, a lot of this isn't explicitly stated in the game, like what that is. There's a lot of like allusions to it and there's more information in like the books and uh, the sequels to 13 about what is going on here. So I think for right now, I'll just like not explain it and then we'll like <laughs> go a little further, get toward the end and then we'll like double back on it and explain what this thing is. Does that right. sound right? That sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. It'll, it'll, we'll get a nice close up look at it eventually. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I can't remember which of the analects that we read. Uh, we do get some yeah, new ones here. Yeah. We may have already read these ones. Um, but just about, you know, Ragnarok taking wing made to smite cocoon and thereby deliver us our everlasting peace. But her providence would not let it be. The goddess pitied the fools who so blindly bowed to Lindsay's will. And so she robbed Ragnarok of power, putting the Lassie to an early crystal sleep, focus yet incomplete. Sermons of the Cirrus, uh, Padra Su Yule. Oh, that's a name that will also become important later. Nice. Um, in this game or later in the series? Uh, later in the series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, I think is that the one that we heard uh, on at the very, very end of uh, Pulse. I can't remember. I think I so. Think... Yeah, yeah, because you said pay the fool, and I immediately thought it was Mr. Oh. T. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I never forget Mr. T. There's also the the twelfth one. That's the door of souls. Souls. Is that the name of that one? That's the name of that one. I can read it out loud, and if we already went over it, we could edit it out or whatever. Keep, okay. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, um, the Door of Souls is incredibly, uh, <laughs> um, 
what's the word related to what we were just yeah i was gonna about. say i'm looking at <laughs> yeah, that now and yeah, i was like yeah. oh that's probably what that was because it says uh when our earthly vessels meet their end the souls they house must leave this world would the path of their migration not be the same one taken by our departed gods must they not pass through the same doorway the divine employed to reach that place that lies beyond indeed indeed the path of their migration not be the same as our departed gods. Not the, yeah, I think there's another page of it too. Let me uh, let me get to that. If this is the case, it stands to reason that should many lives at once be cut short, a flood of souls would surge through the aforementioned portal. The door would be thrown wide, and perhaps we might even glimpse the gleaming light of divinity beyond. And it is, in fact, has a shitload of light coming out of this thing. Yeah. I, and the picture that sh- the picture of that analyte. Actually, is there are there pictures to go with the analytics, or is that just yes? This? Yeah, the picture that goes with it looks like um, from Pol- uh Yeah, Grand Pulse, like the end of Grand Pulse, where we um, yeah saw the uh, the structure that uh, I think at one point was the the vestige that was then ripped up because um, we were talking about those poles. That but I think it's implying the- that maybe the lake is of just this crystals. Yeah, stuff, which is right. wild. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably enough to infer what I was going to say later or whatever. But sure. like, given what we just read, I think that we can kind of pull it together. That like, obviously, they're trying to kill enough people at once to force open this gate. Right. And then use that to either travel to the maker or call the maker back through the gate. Right. Yeah. But because it only exists for a short moment when everybody is being killed the fallacy need to be ready to know its location thus all the fallacy are looking for something yeah which we've alluded like, to for for a long time with the data for a while. So the, the and it turns out we have found well. it yeah yeah, yeah. So. there it is pack it up so there we go okay well okay i guess there's enough uh, and, and like and it makes sense to, to discuss that here because um Right after that cutscene, we get the flashing thing that says new data log. And that's where you see this and you read this. So you're like, oh, okay. Like it might not be completely spelled out, but you can infer that. None of the characters make any statements about it. That's the thing. And uh, I I think that's like. It's not really their priority right now. (laughs) I I really like that in terms of world building and storytelling. I enjoy it. Just because that's, that's super cool. Like that's. I don't know. That's, it's a little. Uh, I feel like the true plot of thirteen. They're against the clock right now. They don't have time to discuss this fucking thing. Like, I, yeah, we, yeah. we got to go get, get to orphan before yeah. the cavalry does. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I, the uh, the true plot of thirteen is like a little nugget for like players who really care to find and enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a immediate plot that's affecting the characters. We are in the B plot. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's a little extra like yummy morsel for like people who care and want to look around to find out about it and be like, oh wow, yeah. there's this whole extra thing going on. I feel like a lot of times too with these games, especially Final Fantasy games, um, and we've talked about this on on previous uh, seasons of the pod, where at at certain points like the older games were pretty much a game that you would just that would be your game for the summer. So you would yeah, go through yeah, it, you would beat yeah. the main story, and then like in Final Fantasy X, where like the end game feels more like a new game plus kind of thing. Um, the same thing here, where you can play through it and be like, that was really cool. I have no idea what's going on. Maybe the developers were like, well, people are going to replay it and replay it again. And, and also they and, were like, they did wanted to make this into a, a, a world they want to revisit. So they want to kind of keep it. Yeah. Expose yeah. it maybe game by game, explore more and more parts of it to make it. Instead exactly. Of just yeah. Saying, and here's everything that happened. And then like, I think. 
it's an interesting discussion at least to me it seems interesting to have this discussion about like games as like an art form or like a type of story that's told like a medium in itself uh because how many movies have you seen where like you can just see a movie and be like i saw the movie i know what happened in the movie and that's that and you're just done with it and you can move on but there's some really good movies where you watch it and you're like I don't really understand what was going on there, so I need to go back and rewatch it again and pay closer attention and get, you know, more out of it. And the more times, like, when, when stories are layered like that, so when you go back and rewatch, like, you catch more things. I love that so much, and I feel like oh, that's yeah, it's great. It's very great. much what the Final Fantasy developers try and do. Yeah, I like that a lot. My closest analog I can think of right now with, like, 13 is... Um disco elysium of all things because this is like a world that they've been building since they were like 15 like as like a kind of uh these i forget what country they're from but they've been like just a bunch of philosophers yeah estonian like philosophers and artists they've been just kind of like build world building together since they were like in high school this world and they decided to finally like make a game that like is set in that world that's like and through context clues you kind of like starting like okay so this is kind of like an alternate history thing but it's like also kind of another universe and there's like a lot of assumptions we make about our world while going into it, but there are things that are just kind of normal to people in that world. And we, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. That's that's, cool. that's sick. Um, I think the other thing that I want to say just on this like broad topic, um, it, it's reminding me of uh, I think around when we like finished up the the last episode, I went to the punk rock flea market in Trenton, which was super cool and and super fun. But I was wearing uh, an Evangelion hoodie, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, one of my favorite shows. And uh, every time we walked past this one booth, there was like an older guy um, who kept trying to sell us hot sauce. And I was like, ah, no, no, thank you. He's like, oh, do you guys want to try the hot sauce? And we're like, no, 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 thank you. Like, I'm going to get really bad indigestion if I fucking eat that shit. And when we were getting ready to leave, we walked past and he like asked us one more time. And I was just like, no, no, I'm good. And he, and he looked, he's like, Evangelion? He's like, man. That show sucked. And I was like, huh? He was like, yeah. He's like, I watched all of it and they didn't explain anything. Oh, no. And I was like, I was like, there's like, yeah, like if you just watch it once and like don't do any kind of like reading into anything that's like going on and just like don't watch. I was like, did you watch the end of Evangelion movie where like the ending? He's like, the ending sucked. And I was like, did you see the ending that like isn't the happy one? It's like the really fucked up one. And he was like, just being like really weird about it and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, they didn't explain anything. I'm like, dude, just fucking, I don't know. Watch a fucking YouTube video that explains it. And I don't know. I, I kind of hate when people are just like, I don't like this story because it didn't explain it well to me. I'm well, like, it's because okay. you're looking for the story in the wrong place, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> have either of you watched or read Alien 9? No. That ends in the best place ever. It's so good. You should read it. It's, it's a, a manga, right? It's, it's pretty short whatever one of my favorite things of all time and it ends at like i don't know how to describe it i think the person intended for it to go longer and then they like got depressed and stopped doing it and so they <laughs> ended it just on like a weird cliffhanger as soon as the action's getting ready to ramp up but it's such a genius fucking ending that i'm always like that's the greatest ending ever written is the ending to alien 9 where nice. like there's like one panel where you go what wait no <laughs> and it, like it leaves you to like think so much about the world and recontextualize everything based on like one text bubble list panel and it's fucking fantastic anyway everybody go read alien 9 
I feel like this is a much bigger ask of people who may not have read this, but uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, which I think overall is fucking incredible. Um, there's some moments in it that aren't great and, you know, like anything, but it also spanned like 25 years of him writing it or some shit, so yeah. that would make sense. Um, but overall very good and a very divisive ending of that. Uh, but I think mm. the ending fucking rocks. And uh, I think uh, people who listen to this podcast would also enjoy the ending. But it uh, caused a lot of controversy at the time, the way that that, Interesting. that story ending ended. So, you know, just go and read 3,000-some pages uh, and uh, <laughs> check back with us next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We expect you to have done your homework by next week. So episode. for you to just be like, oh, um, that's the ending he was talking about? That shit sucked. <laughs> so anyway it's just the end of Sopranos yeah um, so we're getting ready to enter the, uh, the the this larger building right how about the Adamantoids just hanging out and there's yeah, an we can go and fight just, a full grown Adamantoids if we want um, but why would you want to and, and he ain't hurting nobody he's vibing right yeah he's just like chilling. all the he's other ones are, yeah all the other ones are like running down the street causing chaos this one's just chillaxing this, no problem. This one's bigger than any of the ones on Grand Pulse, right? Uh, I think it's around the same Because it has targetable legs. It's the only that, one I've fought that has targetable legs. That I will think change. there's this one. <laughs> that will change. I think there was one that was like this um, that we could have fought that was guarding a treasure sphere on Grand Pulse, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. I might be misspeaking, but I, I think I we have seen these. Um, there's, there's one called a Longui on um, Grand Pulse. And eventually there will be another one that is even bigger than that. So I was going to say, I see someone in my chat uh, alluding to that where it's saying, this is a, a medium gui. And I was just like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, this is a medium gui. <laughs> like, oh no. It, it, there's like no way to kill this thing at this on our level right now. This no, is like not really. Well, I mean, there may be like a, a cheaty way to do it. I like, was going to um, try and use death with Vanille. And I think I did try to do that a couple of times, but it was like... I couldn't stop. even survive one steppy, so um, I was just <laughs> one like, steppy. I was just like, dude, fuck this. I'm not doing this. And I was like, there's probably no reason to kill it. I don't need to try hard this. And uh, turns out there actually is a reason that you should yeah, kill it. Not really. Not Depends. really. Yeah. The completionist in me, um, going into the section completely blind and probably making the wrong choice of which treasure chest I grabbed. Uh, yes, I. So like. Like Alex was saying, when we walk into this building, past past the Adamantoys, uh, the the lobby, the the very entrance of the lobby is it's very well decorated. It looks very nice. It does look like the intro of an AMC movie theater. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's just a little tiny portion of the floor, like a plaza area, uh, that's glass. It's like glass bottomed. You can see down through it, right? Don't, don't follow through there. Whoa. Um, and there's two treasure chests on it. And you're not thinking anything about it. Nothing like this has ever happened in the game. And you pick up one of the treasure chests, right? <laughs> one of them is like a chocobo plush. It. And I forget what the other one is. It's not, I, I, I grabbed the chocobo important. plush. I think the other one is a good upgrade material. Yeah, yeah n neither one of them are like irreplaceable, right? Um, but for whatever reason, that spurs that Adamantoise to be like, yo, I want to see what's playing at AMC right now. <laughs> Ooh, Glass Onion, I haven't seen that yet. I would love to see that. <laughs> no, it's, stay it's, home, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to Netflix soon, I won't be able to see it. So <laughs> it comes in, it pays for its ticket, it gets the popcorn <laughs> with like triple butter. And, um, and uh, what are the little... Um, 
What are they, milk duds? It gets a little box of milk duds to take into the theater. No big deal. Gotta and it some, makes the... I'm hiding uh, some Doritos in my pocket. I hope they don't, I hope they don't catch <laughs> but me. But unbeknownst to this longui, the milk duds just put it over the the weight capacity of the glass. <laughs> the milk duds put it just over the weight uh, recommendation for that glass floor. And buddy, it busts right through the bottom. <laughs> Does It's, it's kind of sad, too. Like, obviously, this it's is really a thing sad. that it, like, we, we would try to kill. You know, like, we're probably going to have to murder a lot of these things in in cold blood uh if we want to do like end game stuff but like it it's a sad animation where this thing like it was just like well it might have been on the arc so maybe it wasn't just plucked from pulse and brought here or anything but it's like this 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 poor creature just steps has no idea what's going on and like has a moment of like a the lion king of like hanging on a little bit yeah and just you see like anguish <laughs> in its face and it just drops Oh, dude, it falls to its fucking demise. It reminds me of the Brontosaurus is falling off the cliff and then Peter Jackson, King Kong, which no one remembers, probably. <laughs> I, I have not seen Was that. Was it the one with Jack Black in it? <laughs> yes. Oh, well. Yeah, I never saw that. But, yeah, just m- imagine a bunch of dinosaurs falling off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Peter Jackson's Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> Andy Circus plays all of all the long <laughs> <laughs> Um Hell yeah, that would be awesome. Uh... But yeah, the the other chest has six particle accelerators in it, which is very good upgrade material. Very good as well. Yeah, nice. But I mean, we've also had chests that had that exact thing in it, so that's just extra. You know, I don't think it's it's not the end of the world. But I was just like, yeah. God fucking damn it, dude. <laughs> but there are like uh, there's like little turnstiles in here. There's a couple other like treasure chests that we can walk to. You know, we have to couple other get humbaba, around the humbabas. Yeah, we have to get around the um. ATV off-road arcade cabinets that some movie theaters have. Vanille's over there playing um, Time Crisis 2. That's right. It's like, oh, our right. movie's starting. I can hear the previews. I want to watch the previews. Come on. It's like, I just put a quarter in there. Just save me a seat. It's like, I don't have my coat with me. I can't save you a seat. <laughs> but, uh, guys, before we go and see our 6 o'clock screening of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, <laughs> I think we should save. I, I think we should probably boots. save real quick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's I tell you, yeah, I gotta hit the bathroom real quick because if I don't hit the bathroom now, I'm gonna have to pee in like an hour during the climax of the movie, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pull up that f- website that tells me when to pee during a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's only an hour and forty minutes. You can, you can guys, I can't actually watch this movie. I just checked. Uh, does the dog die in this movie? dot com, and uh, I got bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Adam Man toys dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well I will. Uh, I'll see you after the previews. Goodbye. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we got um, our, we went to the concession stand and we got, uh, hang on here, I'm vamping a minute. Um, we got 17 hellish talons to snack on <laughs> during our viewing of Puss in Boots. Hell yeah. I got a, a kid's pack, which is that, uh, looks like a, a, Boxo Joe, but it's just full of popcorn. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, what's your guys' go-to uh, movie theater food? Uh, it's just popcorn. Bunch of crunch. 
Bunch of Crunch is good. Have you ever done the thing with, uh, I think it's Bunch of Crunch, where you put it in the popcorn and then put the butter on it? That sounds amazing. I have not It's done it. extremely good. I think it's Bunch of Crunch. I'll have to do some research on that. The um, problem is that I always tend to go to CVS to buy snacks cheap and then smuggle them in, so I rarely get popcorn. Oh, yeah. What's uh, the craziest yeah. thing you ever smuggled into a movie theater? Oh, question. I feel like I have I feel like I have two very different answers and um I forget what movie it was when I was in high school but I smuggled in like an entire Wendy's meal <laughs> just like oh, cheese very like, good. like cheeseburgers and shit and that was amazing dude that was great wow. You know what I can't I don't remember what the movie was but you just like unlocked a memory in my brain of in high school and I can't say that I did this in all good conscience it was actually somebody I was with who did this but um it was me and a couple friends and we were going to go to a movie and we're like, yo, we should just get food before we go to the movie because movie food is super expensive. And my friend bought a bunch of like chicken tenders, like full length chicken tenders, and then just didn't even put them in like a napkin, just bare ass, <laughs> put them in his pocket. And so he just had a pocket Man full of after like, my own heart, dude. <laughs> he had a pocket of like eight chicken tenders. And we just like went and watched this movie and he would pull them out of his pocket and just be like, oh, no, no. I um things we went. I may have told this story on the podcast uh before because it's ridiculous. But me and my friends went to see the uh the Cornetto trilogy um when the World's End was premiering, and that happened like the night before that released. There were select movie theaters that were doing Shaun of the Dead, uh, Quick Intermission, uh, Hot Fuzz, Quick Intermission, and then at midnight it was the World's End. And me and my friends were all about Edgar Wright, all about that. you know loose franchise in general um so we were very excited and we went to do that and we watched Shaun of the dead and we're like this is great like you know we had always watched that movie together and then like the whole thing to blow over it ended and they were like oh in 20 minutes we'll start the next one go you know use the bathroom whatever and me and my friends looked at each other we're like this is really great but it feels wrong that we're not drinking beer because like Shaun of the Dead, like, oh, we'll go to the Winchester. We'll drink the oh, beer yeah, and like, yeah. all that. And we're like, you know, like we got to do it. Like, and the, the the movie, the final movie is about going and drinking a bunch of beer. So uh, me and my buddy went to like a, a grocery store nearby and picked up some beers. And I was like, I feel like we should be drinking Guinness. So we got the big ass cans of Guinness that have like the ball bearing <laughs> in them <laughs> with like the nitro uh. stuff. And... We were getting ready to go back in and we had to sneak them in, but it was the summertime and we didn't have any hoodies or anything. Luckily, my buddy was wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> so he was able to stick like, we got like two of the four packs, I think, to split between three of us. And we're just like kind of like trying to sneak in. I'm wearing fucking skinny jeans because I'm a dipshit. Um, but we have. <laughs> and just sorry, cans. it's 2023 and I still am doing that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still wear skinny jeans. But um, not good for sneaking things into a movie theater. And we're like, okay, this is probably not going to work. And we put it into our pockets, and every step we took made a clank noise. Because <laughs> it's just a ball bearing inside the thing. And we're just like, this isn't going to work, dude. And we're like, well, we got to try it. We got to try it. Hopefully, we don't get kicked out because whatever. So we finally make it through the thing. We already have our tickets, and we have like the, the pass for the event, like the laminated one. Show it to the people. We just walk through the lobby. We get in there, and we're like, holy shit, this is actually working. This is insane. Like Another movie was letting out, so there was a lot of people to like... So we start walking in, and it's still heavily the intermission of the between the movies. And yeah, what we don't yeah. realize is they're doing fun games. 
hosted by the, the employees of the fucking AMC or whatever. Like, there's just employees, like, in every single, like, aisle, oh, no. like, three deep, like, leading Ugh. all the way up, and we have to get back to our seats, and the house You're trying to get up. to Orphan, and the Calvary is everywhere. <laughs> so we just kind of slowly make our way up, and we're clanking and clanking and clanking, <laughs> and we somehow manage to, like, they probably knew something was up, and they're like, fuck it, dude, I don't get paid enough for this shit. So we just sit down in our seats, and we just look at our friend who, like, stayed and sa saved our seats and stuff and we were just like looking at him like and he was just laughing because he could tell something was up and then um house lights go down we hand out the guinnesses to one another and stuff and we're like okay let's give it a minute they might be a little shaken up for the next like four hours of that every time we opened one it fucking exploded and i was trying, <laughs> at, the at the beginning of hot fuzz we were trying so hard to wait for a moment when there's we're like it's an action movie like there'll be yeah there'll be something loud happen then we'll open <laughs> it could the be video. something loud happen uh, for us to crack it up a big loud montage that the, the <laughs> intro of that movie it's so quiet for so long <laughs> and then i finally i have it and i'm getting ready i'm like okay i think there's gonna be a loud so it starts to get loud and i crack it and it just goes Psh! <laughs> it starts blowing up all over me and like luckily like we got like t-shirts for the event and stuff and i just like covered it with it and i i felt so bad for the people sitting around me but it, we were fucking cracking up so that's probably my craziest thing that i stuck into a movie theater i guess i had nothing to compare with that, <laughs> that was yeah the, that was the story a, we'll hear about it definitely like one of the dumbest things i did well the lassie are walking down uh yeah, I was gonna say they'll see you now walking down the hallway of Eden Hall, just clanking with all the Guinness in their <laughs> pockets as they go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got all these weapons and just tons of particle accelerators. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to yeah, just need particle accelerators clanking in our pockets. <laughs> <laughs> they need to like sit down for a couple, like for like an hour before they open them. What I do like about this AMC is if you try to fight anyone inside, they will make you go outside to fight them. Take it outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Just um, so you can launch them without uh, hitting the, the ceiling. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of appreciate that more than them just being like, yeah, you're in a very small, confined space, but suddenly it is the size of a warehouse that you need a forklift to get anything off the top shelf. <laughs> it's funny, though, like this this area has a tall enough ceiling where you could presumably launch people, so it's it's pretty funny. They just don't want to see like Bahamut or something come crashing through the wall or something. Yeah, shit. I guess that makes sense. So uh, a after we get... Assuming you're playing as Fang. After we get to the uh, the lobby, right, we're treated to like an actual hall, like a hallway, right? It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's very nice. The movie it, times uh, scrolling. It by. looks just like the, the yeah, like the AMC movie hall where you go to your. <laughs> the the Lindsay emblem is projected on the ceiling, which is kind of cool. Yeah, oh, it has, it's almost like this kind of like caustics, as if it was like a a weird ride or something. But there are uh, there are citizens in here who have made it to presumably safety and a lot of them are like oh it doesn't even matter like we made it all the way to eden hall but these things are still here there's no nothing can go. hurt us here <laughs> we're gonna live forever yeah. one of those guys looks exactly like the uh, the reporter the, yeah the reporter from the um from cnn I oh maybe that's him because like, yeah i was wondering if it, here, it right? would make sense that he it was him he's in eden hall he's like a member of like the the sanctum news the elite class uh in yeah, some ways because yeah. he's you know part of the the propaganda apparatus i guess uh, right, i didn't right. see the overwatch looking girl though so or i guess she looks like tracer or something yeah there's definitely there's like a, a guy girl standing here wearing very high fashion cocoon stuff so it could just be yeah, that it's like yeah reused asset or that's just like the style at the time but well i'd <laughs> like to make myself believe yeah 
that uh, these are the um, the people from CNN. Yeah, we finally got to meet our heroes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starstruck, dude. This this hallway also, aside from like the the things on the on the walls, like the you know purple scrolling the purple scrolling stocks. matrix stock ticker thing, <laughs> um, it also kind of just looks like we're in a cheesecake factory. If you've seen the, <laughs> the, the, the deco of a cheesecake factory, where it like looks like fucking Mordor, like Lord of the Rings shit, like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get the shrimp Alfredo and then throw it up the next morning. Yeah, you gotta get home. the macaroni and cheese balls. I got the fish and chips last time. Ooh, all right. nice. Also yeah. a schmillion calories, but you know what are you gonna do? That place kind of fucking rules. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like I'm too lowbrow of a person. Fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm very classy i go to the cheesecake factory <laughs> well now i feel even worse about it <laughs> um but yeah but so once we reach the end of the hallway because yes. we know for a fact that this hallway is just a loading buffer uh we basically reach the citadel for mass effect we reach the citadel where presumably orphan and bartandalus are waiting for us it's another indoor which space. is just a building in the shape of the very first boss of the game. <laughs> it, it just looked like the shark machine. Oh, oh the, yeah. You see it? You see what I'm saying? It just looks like it. Oh, yeah. The the building looks like... It does look a little bit like the Manosphine a little bit. I, yeah, I do it even like has that, like the I, tail up and everything. I do mm -hmm. like that the... um Before we get too deep in here... Now, this looks like the Gaylord because we are inside like a big glass dome. Yes, yes. And there are still like foliage everywhere for the listener kind of the gaylord is a very large hotel in which magfest takes place in in washington dc also washington, weirdly DC, on the east coast of the united states <laughs> next to the nandos you can't miss it <laughs> yeah yeah it's right by the nandos um one of the uh one of the reporters um says eden why are you like letting this happen which is yeah interesting too they're the seeds of doubt even at this even this deep into the city where they're like we're safe here like we're fine they're starting to kind of yeah know, their, yeah their faith is cracking as well which like I mean I um I do sympathize like again like the the people of um cocoon are portrayed as very useless and very um catered to but I do sympathize with them in their plight here A like bunch of it does sound fucking terrifying to be like no there's literally no building you can go into and not be ripped apart by like beasts here like there's nowhere yeah. you can go so like I sympathize with the fear that they surely have Mhm mm we get more dialogue about this is what they wanted the arc for so that they could turn cocoon into you know the streets of cocoon into uh into a battleground right so we get to the uh we get to the end of the hallway like you're saying we do see the uh the big indoor outdoor area the this like promenade um and the uh the is this i'm assuming is what we call eden hall maybe yeah yeah I think... unless it's like eden hall plaza i don't even know like wait no yeah i don't know where i i think we're in eden hall now and this is just like the government seat here that we're getting. Ready I like to come the kind of to. there's like old architecture along the back of like this kind of classical. It reminds me a little bit of like the Zanarchet architecture. Like there's the kind of orange roof tops with kind of modern architecture, Eden esque architecture yeah. around it. It's cool, but the we still see crystals falling everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fang says so. This is the heart of Cocoon, and you know, Vanilla Egg is like, oh wow, it's incredible. Um, they point out the main building that that's where Eden sits, controlling all of the cocoon foul sea. Um, I like how it. Hope calls. Uh, he says that we'll find Orphan here and calls it the battery that keeps Eden running. Uh, that's right. That's right. It's the Energizer foul sea. <laughs> they make a joke about like what a pl like what's their plan and their plan is to charge in through the front door. You know, very yeah. What as else? Usual, been doing? Yeah, Snow's usual mo. 
Um, and as we're getting ready to go, a tyrant and a juggernaut get warped in through one of these uh, these gates. What are the gates called? Do you remember? Transgates. Transgates. Transgates, um, transgates uh, have these two beasts. We do see up. some Psycom transgates as well, kind of thrown off. Psycom like, does come in, uh, or Guardian Corps, whoever, you know, our they opposition. Get, they get obliterated. They storm in. <laughs> To try and stop us, and that is when the trans gates open and the and the oh yeah, so uh, like there's like a humbaba or whatever type of behemoth comes charging at us, and uh, I think it's on the on the side of uh, Psycom or whoever, and that's when it gets absolutely just blasted by. <laughs> and, and Saz is like, oh, I hope that's our backup. Yeah. <laughs> and Lightning is like, well, if it is, I don't think our backup is happy to see us. Yeah. <laughs> Which like I didn't think I. Lightning, you don't need to one up it. You don't need to one up the the quip. The quip. It, it was good on some. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think either of these battles were that tough. They're obviously like higher level enemies at this point, but like they're not. They're not like boss level, right? Yeah, they're just like difficult yeah. enemies. They're, to, they're fine. It, it was very easy for me to get a preemptive strike on the tyrant. I just like ran. The tyrant's pretty optional because he's not really protecting anything except me. Yeah, behind him. Is yeah. there behind him? Yeah, let me see. There's no items behind it. He, yeah, he's not in the way at all. You can just go so to the juggernaut. Yeah. Um, but after we defeat them, there's a small there's a small little passage that we take around so that we're yeah we're we're kind of rotating like counterclockwise around the like perimeter of the hall. Yeah, and and we're now positioned directly across from the main building, right? Um, and we're getting ready to to walk up to it, and we see that there are sets of the archangel soldiers on like different little uh platforms on our way over there so like okay we're gonna have to fight these like 16 soldiers as we walk through right but as we walk up to them uh a cutscene begins and lightning is like oh it's another squad you know what are they up to and then like a giant light flashes right and they all just turn into like crystalline seeth yeah it's really fucked up like it's, it's very weird yeah they look like they're made of glass instead of stone yeah they're like yeah, a new yeah. type of seat that we haven't seen yet and they're much more aerodynamic looking and lore wise uh they're extremely fucked up and sad do you guys know the 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 reason behind how this happened tell me oh right they're basically given they're basically turned into Lassie without a focus yeah basically like bartandalus or whoever is the one who turned them to seeth it was just like, hey, guess what? Here you go. You're a Lassie, and your focus does not exist. So it's literally just, I am turning you directly into oh a Seath. You have no hope. You are just now a Seath. Yeah, it's, it, it's especially fucked up because, like, along with the uh, the Sid Reigns thing, I was kind of like, oh, the Sid Reigns thing is very fucked up because it just shows, like, how little value human life has and how, like, unimportant it is to the Falci. Where, like, not even once you've completed your focus are you free from the foul sea like they can still just be like no we have the power over your life and death it doesn't matter we can just yank you right back out of it and set you right back into reality and now it's Which like is probably why it's like sid needed to take his own life to kind of just take his yeah to be able to escape it like not you just escape it but just like i don't want to be i don't like they shouldn't be able to use me anymore yeah, yeah. At least. the least i can do is take myself out of the running have you ever read um i have no mouth but i must scream no I, I or, know it's like uh, it's a bit short. It's a short sci-fi novel or whatever. But like a the main premise of it is the main characters making a pact to be like we're going to kill ourselves before the computer can like find out that we're going to do it so that it cannot resuscitate us to continue to torture us for all time. And so they Damn. like make yeah. a plan to like sneakily kill themselves, and then like one person is left behind to take the punishment and torture for all eternity or whatever. It's, it's fucked up. Wow. But like it reminds me of that in the way that like. 
human beings are just playthings for the fallacy, even to the extent that like Bartandalus or whoever has just made them into Seath, like with not even bestowing them a focus, just drilling in again, like how invaluable they are to the fallacy. Yeah. So like adding, adding late game body horror. to once again, up the ante of this game. It's interesting too, and it goes for the, with like the overarching theme of like, well, the Falci still need humans um, for yeah, this yeah. end that they're trying to get. Like, they can't just do these things. Like, oh, like, how can you kill? Uh, how can you kill a Falci without Ragnarok? All of that that we yeah, talked about yeah. and stuff. Where it's just like, well, they could just turn everyone into Seath if they want, but like, there's some for some reason like that's not an option for them or whatever. But it's it's just yeah, so like yeah. it's the whole thing of like, oh yeah, for you that was the most important day of your life. For me, it was tuesday like yeah yeah that's that's the overarching theme of just like how fucking awful bartandalus is and just the the fallacy mm. in general yeah yeah definitely um and, and when they see this uh sass says it's a friendly reminder that they're on borrowed time yeah that was a pretty good line yeah. um them mean the our gang yeah, yeah 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 friendly reminder that we're all on just borrowed time and also the sacrifices are pretty tough they do have access to the death spell yeah. So like, Oof. which will just work sometimes. So like, no matter how good you are at it, like, one out of every you know twenty battles or something, they'll just death you, and you just have to restart. Fuck it. If if I remember correctly, I think this also like this little stretch here. There's um a point where these sacrifices. It's either here or in the next area. Um, they'll kind of just keep respawning. Um, it's in the next area. Yeah. So you can you can get a lot of gill that way. I oh think, yeah, right? you can. Yeah, that's the the gill farm <laughs> thing for uh the the current good strat. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so we work our way through these sacrifices, and um, we get a another cutscene with another familiar face. We see, yeah, the clad that we uh, we bodied last time is uh, is here now. Yeah, the proud clad. Yep. Yeah, we don't know if he crashed here or if he like taking a snooze. Yeah, like or maybe he was like also kind of fighting things here. I don't yeah. know. It's, I'm just trying to see, like, how did he end up here? Like, was this just where he landed after he blasted off last time? Or You know it's a good sign when you um, come up to a boss fight and there's a treasure sphere right near it that has an ether saw on it that's like, yeah, you <laughs> might going to want to have to summon here. Dude, <laughs> I, I never your, thought your about techniques. that until you mentioned it, and since then I've just been like, oh, redo, summon, summon, summon. <laughs> and, like, I love that <laughs> strategy so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's proud, Clad. He's here again. Part two. Um, Fang says he really wants us dead. Uh, and I thought this battle was kind of tough. Yeah, I think that's a general consensus. Um, oh, okay, okay. I definitely this is found definitely it a speed very running tough. killer. This is uh, one of the toughest fights in uh, the speedrun. I, I will say this though, from watching Ninny's and uh, Swanzig kind of go through it, and Ninny's learn it. Um, this one, in my limited understanding of like the how the run goes. Uh, Proudclad 2, um, not as tough to beat as Proudclad 1, um, in the way that you can recover from not doing something correctly a lot easier. It just takes more time. Like, oh, okay, okay. harder to optimize and get everything going, like, as it's fast as you can. definitely a longer fight. But if you fuck up in Proudclad 1, and it's very, very precise, very quick, like, okay, well, I need to be make sure I'm watching Vanille and see what she's doing, and Snow is doing this, and all these moving parts, and as soon as he does this, I have to prepare for it in that way. Um, 
In the first one, if you like miss something or you time something incorrectly, it's just you have to retry. In this one, not as much the case, but like to get it to be really good and really fast, it's it's just as difficult. So yeah. definitely big run killers here. You know, you love a speed run that gets all the way to like pretty much the end of the game, and then there's like some of the hardest shit at it. Yeah, it's it's rough. This battle's tough. He has the um the the multiple modes, the annihilation mode, aerial defense mode. Uh, mm -hmm. and does the limiters deactivated right? To the limiters deactivated, which is fully buffed this time because now it um it fully heals him. So pretty much the whole yep, first yep. part of this fight is just get him to that threshold where he will then revive himself, and then um that also I think prevents him from uh, doing certain things. Um, trying to remember specifically like the limiter i think it makes him easier to do damage to in the long run like he can no longer put up um you know uh buffs Defense on himself buffs. yeah i forget the specific hmm. let me look it up and see if i can yeah i don't remember much about i specifics of this the way i had to do i remember how it had i had to do this one um i'm, I'm very much a fiend for going for that five star rating but after i lost like three times or something i was like man it's just not worth it i just need to beat the beat this boss right so i um i took it very slow and i was able to to, to win that way by like not pressing the advantage like because the the proud clad unlike uh, a lot of bosses when he's in stagger he is not limited like he is still fucking with you yeah. as he's in stagger like he, he doesn't like take a moment to go down and you just get to get a bunch of free hits in like he he's still attacking and so if you're having difficulty with it, my suggestion is to not rush it. Like to realize that like you can get him into stagger again. There will be another stagger. Just heal and SNA through debuffs, right? Um, and that's how I was able to eventually take him down. Is I had to just like give up and just go for the zero star fight and just take it slow. Well, this one has like Muon Blaster. Yeah. And things like that now too. Yeah, I think it opens the battle with Muon Blaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah Oneric Maelstrom. Um this was the this was the fight where I was like, okay. I know for the longest time I've been like, no, I want to try and do this all as lightning, uh, fang and vanil. But I switched in hope. I was like, there's just no point to try and make yeah, this work yeah. in this way. Like, I need to have more protection. I need to have all of my things up so I don't just get, like, one shot. And he does a lot of DPS very quickly. So as much protection yep, as yep. I can get, I wanted to have. Um, so uh, hope was really clutch with that. And Vanille also, my whole thing with her is, like, I just need to be able to do Imperil. Yeah. yeah. This thing is immune to all status ailments. So she yep, yep, wouldn't even make sense to have her as a synergist so um i was just like yeah you know what i'm just we're just uh we're just tagging in hope and even then it was still it was still very difficult i was spamming the the hell out of um army of one and uh, oh, okay. there is a strat that you can do with army of one that i don't think i did correctly but uh army of one i if you're in like ravager it can help really greatly increase the stagger that's kind of the whole thing it, it doesn't deal a whole oh, lot of damage yeah. it builds up stagger a lot so like the the goal for it should be as soon as um you get the enemy in stagger hit him with army of one to get him up to 999 as fast as possible and okay. you can do more damage if you like buffer it and as you're doing army of one do a paradigm shift to commando so you can do more damage but i think i was like mixing that up and i was just like every time i'm doing army of one i have to do commando so i might have been losing out on some stagger because of that like okay. in terms of yeah. optimal but i i was pretty much just anytime i i was like 
doing that on repeat, and uh, it ended up working out because I was able to deal a lot of damage in the long run. Good deal. That actually sounds like a pretty good plan too. Yeah, that that was it. Was a really fun fight. It was very very difficult. I, there was points where I was like cursing it. I was like, "Fuck this fight!" Like, it's just stupid. But I I think uh, after thinking about it a little more and finally getting through it, I I got that uh, relief of being like, "Oh, nice! I actually won the fight." Yeah. And uh, not only do we win the fight, we also win Roche's heart at the end. <laughs> and we also, also yeah. we actually, we also also win Eden Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So <laughs> we can now go to that. Uh, but yeah, at the end of it, though, um, Roche is, uh, he's fallen out of the proud clad, right? He's like having trouble breathing. He's not in a good way. He's all, all fucked up. Um, and Lightning's like, it's over. Like you should just give up now, and uh, and he's like, "What is what happened to my soldiers?" And Lightning looks over at like one of the sacrifices. Those enemies earlier, by the way, the thief. They're called sacrifices. Yeah. And uh, Roche sees it and he goes, "Oh, I see." And Saz is like, I, "Why why are you doing this? Haven't you had enough?" And uh, Roche is like, "Enough. Under the fallacy orders, I've orchestrated an entire mass murder, all to answer the fears of a panicked populace." For a people utterly dependent on the foul sea, it was the only solution I could offer, even if that solution was a farce. Then, you knew the foul sea were using us? I believe their rule was best for Cocoon's present and future prosperity. But it seems I misjudged their benevolence. If this is my punishment, I accept it. And it is like, well, I guess that's good, but Deed's kind of yeah. done, buddy. It's yeah. like, yeah, you kind of can't, like, there's no, like, walking away from that one and being like, well, I did what I thought was right, even though it was even though easily it was one of the most monstrous things that anyone could do. Fang reprimands him a little bit about that, and he does do one good thing, right? Like, he actually does try to make it up in one way. Miss Fang always do this. She always says, so you're gonna X, Y, and Z. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she says this a lot. She says, you're gonna let everything go to hell. Is that it? And he goes, yeah, you're right. One more thing remains. And he gets on his uh, his intercom, and he tells all of SICOM and Guardian Corps to stand down. Yeah. He's like, everybody who's out there doing that, suspend all the sea operations. He's like, don't worry about the, the sea anymore. That's over. Suspend that shit. Get the civilians to safety. That's your only job now. Yeah, because we're all on our own. Yeah, all, all units should focus their efforts on evacuating uh, the civilian population. So now, SICOM and Nora are working together, <laughs> funny enough, to evacuate these civilians. <laughs> but then he just immediately undercuts the thing that he just said. Yeah, said. yeah, yeah. He, he immediately undercuts and goes, uh, but it's not an absolute order you're free to make the choice <laughs> remember nora no obligation no obligation it's fine <laughs> if you still want to be shooting civilians like suspecting that they're let's see you know fucking do whatever your heart says it's fine yeah he says i do not issue this order as an absolute you're free to make the choice which i think i i took that more the, of it's the writers are trying to do it yeah it's trying to be like kind of a more poetic thing like people it's about yeah this whole theme of this of this game is about being able to make choice right, and, right. like do what you think is correct, not what like. Yeah. So I, I kind of like no. I'm done. I'm done with orders and like even. It, even this is the one people, time people. where an absolute order actually would be would a have really been good, good thing. and yeah. based. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm sure like there are some soldiers like you know what I'm going to concentrate on killing pulse enemies because that's probably what I think is right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It may, might help. It might help. To me, I, I and this might be completely just off base, um, but 
I kind of took it as well as like a the ship is sinking kind of thing and being like, well, your orders are to eva- help people evacuate. But it's also like, oh, yeah, like if you don't want to do that, I'm not issuing this as an absolute. You can just get out yourself like your your watch is over. Yeah. You don't have to take this as like putting yourself in danger to whatever. Like, I, I think that's kind of right. where I took it, but it might be. I don't know. It, it's clunky well, either I, way. I, I, like, it's that's not, the thing. I think that you're right. I think that there's just one of those things that have unforeseen like. Not ever seen consequences. It's not the it's not the intro to Half Life, but um, it going back and reading it with a more critical eye and doing the whole like <laughs> annoying nerd thing of like deeply reading into popular media, uh-huh. uh, especially in the Japanese. It looks like he says, "This is my wish." Like like this is just a request. Like, uh, I, this okay, is what okay. I want. Like at least like that's a little. Yeah, but better. this is not a- an order. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is my wish or whatever. But uh, he kind of continues talking a little bit and he goes, uh, go, like, you're here to save Cancun, aren't you? Or was that a farce as well? And Snow just says, uh, stay alive. We'll see you when this is over. Stay and alive, Roche. Stay alive. <clears throat> that is an absolute order, soldier. <laughs> 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 Shut the fuck up. Yeah. He, he, also, we should note that uh, Roche is, like, visibly bleeding from the face. Oh, yeah. Is <laughs> this the first time we see a character bleeding in this game? I think so. It might be, yeah. Um, I feel like to keep it a pe- like a, a teen rating, they kind of have to keep I it think, until the end. How much blood? <laughs> the ASRB ain't gonna get this far into the game. They'll, they'll <laughs> never see this. <laughs> they gave up. They, the ASRB thought the game was too linear and didn't play very far into it. <laughs> um, but he says, "I'll trust in your humanity." Let's see. The fate of Cocoon is in your hands. And then the uh, the party walks on past him, and they go into. Uh, the main building, right? And again, Snow's last thing being like, "You have to live, stay you alive, live, damn it, yeah, yeah." And then, as soon as we leave, like the moment we leave, <laughs> a bunch of like yeah. he's alone, and there's like seeth bodies around him. We, uh, yeah, we see some be- some king behemoths kind of lunging up on him. I'm trying to think of the action movie where the guy is just like hanging out by a tank, just like pecking off enemies, like completely not helping at all. It seems very much like an action movie thing. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, And this is where he says the whole, I'll trust in your humanity, Lissy. He's not saying that to them. He's saying that to himself as he's staring literal death in the face. And as he's staring, he has a grenade. (laughs) And he says, yeah, this is my He pickpocketed off Snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's where Snow's uh, That's where they went. (laughs) That's where the grenades went. We've been wondering it the whole time. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he says, this is my end, the end which I have chosen. And uh, he pulls the pin. And uh, presumably takes down the uh, the behemoths with him. Um, he he kills himself, the behemoths, and Chapter Twelve. We th- that's we think. And the proud clad. Thank God. Fuck and that the proud clad. Finally, yeah. Um, but that's the end of Chapter Twelve. Yeah, and we kind of get a shot of uh, our party on the other side of the door, hearing the explosion and kind of realizing, you know, what what had just happened. Yep. Yeah. Vanille like is about to like kind of backtrack and then like fang holds her back like no no yeah they're all looking pretty keep moving. pretty somber about it now i would like to not quite end the episode at the end of of chapter 12 here but actually sure. talk about the beginning of chapter 13 because it's going to lead us to some very interesting options yeah yeah um, sure does so we enter the the building uh which we're about to get on an elevator we're about to get on an elevator as we were talking about with uh cory one time everything here is uh religious like citadel like uh like everything around the Falci, right is is very much um like large church vibes and i feel like this place is no different we kind of like leave the modernity when we go through the elevator we come up on like this what looks like a temple almost and there's 
uh, statues and columns and everything. It does feel very much like a very holy space. Yeah. yeah. Would you, right. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's like, uh, yeah, that's something to point out just because of like how modern glass. Eden is. Uh, whereas like on Pulse, like that kind of architecture kind of makes sense because it seems like that's, that's the, uh, the culture. They're people of the earth. They live along things, not like under, like they, they respect the Falci, but they don't really like, it doesn't seem like I don't see much falsy imagery in a lot of their design, oh, their design yeah. work. It's, it's, it, does, it seems like they kind of live alongside to respect it. They don't worship the falsy the same way that uh, Cocoon seems to, and yeah, it, it kind of yeah. makes sense because on Pulse, you know, they very much are about their community. They're very much about looking out for one another. They're very self um, pulling them up by those own boots. Yeah, they, they they are very much you know they're their own hunters, they hunter gatherers, that kind of thing. Like they they provide for themselves off of the land, and they're reverent to the. For things that you know exist for them in the way of you know kind of like indigenous cultures, like thanking. They said that Tamos is like paved roads and areas where they've like settled. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like exactly. So yeah. Like, so they they kind of take thankful it more, for it. They don't take it for granted. They take it more as like a we are lucky that these beings are kind of doing this thing and we revere them, but we're not like they're not just giving us stuff uh, directly. Yeah, Whereas right, right. in Cocoon implicitly that is the case where it for obvious reasons now it's like the falsy just it's like worship us you work for they, us they, like, they it's like completely give it's supposed everyone to be a symbiotic everything. relationship yeah a very toxic but symbiotic relationship where they're extremely dependent on each other where in cocoon they're like oh it's one-sided we just we just worship them and they give us everything we could ever need or want and we don't have to think any deeper than that yeah yeah <laughs> I do like uh, when we walk in here too, like the the long shadows being cast in through like stained glass windows. It's very orange and warm. It feels intimate. Yeah, yeah. But um, we run in. Uh, the party's like, oh, Fangs asking, "Where's the cavalry?" Or yeah, yeah. Van- oh, no, Neil asks, Vanille asks yeah. "Where's the cavalry?" And Fangs asks, Fangs says, "If they made it this far, we'll see them soon enough." Yeah, and out from behind some of these like pillars and like different um, uh, pieces of architecture, we start seeing the sacrifice seeth walk out, and they're like, "Oh, not them too." Yeah. They've all been turned into these sacrifices, which I kind of feel like defeats a little bit of Bartandalus's plan if his whole thing was to have us come in here and like butcher them to death. But whatever. Yeah, it's like how does this how does uh, how how does the humanity translate to in terms of like if we slaughter all these things like if they were just regular cavalry and we slaughtered them would that add more drops in the bucket to bring back the maker or whatever? Yeah. Um, or like like you know the the way because if we we can kill these seeth as much as we want and it doesn't count as like a bloodshed or whatever that Bartolomeus yeah. is trying to force. I, for I wonder some if reason. it's. I wonder if it's like a that is kind of farcical, like the entire idea that like, oh, well, they'll just kill Orphan instead. Like maybe he knows that they're never going to be able to do it. Only Alessi can do it. And so that's just his way of goading us to get there. And now that we're there and we're in front of Orphan, he's like, all right, well, I don't need these guys anymore. You're here now. Yeah. I also think a lot of it is just like needed to... uh the writers need to do something with the cavalry at the end of yeah, this yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. I found evidence in the uh, subtitles. There are some deleted scenes in which imply that the cavalry are actually behind us, not in front oh, of us. Like okay. we're actually, they're on our tail. Oh, okay. Because there's a scene where it looks like they're smashing through, to heading like you see a uh, cavalry soldier. And you see something like, smash right through, fire, charge. This is for the people. Head for Eden Hall. And then there's another scene where they actually come up on 
Roche's like body. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. And it said, "Lieutenant's down. Damn beasts! All aboard! That Falsy is history." So I think it's like it's kind of like we're racing them. Oh, to, okay. like, yeah, yeah. And we we made it there so first. I feel like they're like, "Oh, this thread." We probably like they didn't really know. Like maybe there was like a whole other thread where we had like faced them down, or maybe we see them get turned to Seath as well. Yeah, yeah. They decide like. Uh, let's just wrap this up. Like, let's make it so they're just already. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't think them taking that out. Um, like, this has already been a very complicated chapter with, uh, after a very complicated <laughs> game with a lot of fact factions and a lot of different uh, intentions. A lot of stuff got cut. Yeah. I mean, then next episode I'll talk about entire. There's an entire arc. Like literally, the seventh arc is like an entire level that just got oh, cut. Uh, oh yeah, wow, yeah. Right. And we actually we actually see the door to it in the next area. That it, but it's just not never addressed. Give Speaking the, of the next the area, the seventh arc. God damn it, Nomura! <laughs> Give us the seventh arc. Speaking of the uh, the next area, the um, after we see these Seath, is it the next area or is it this area? <laughs> so the sanctuary falls apart into what I can only describe as a final Final Fantasy area. Like yep. it's the last level in a Final Fantasy game. Is what. We're in it the nucleus of sin. Where's the uh, t- Final Actually, Fantasy well, one? Where- what games have we done now? We've done seven, which is just kind of an area. It's just a cave, right? Yeah, like a hole. I think one I mean, where it, we're like it's in a cave. space or some It's shit. a cave, but yeah. you also jump down into like ethereal space as well. Yeah, there's at the, the bottom of the, the crater. I'm trying to think of like what other Final Fantasies have had quote unquote ethereal space. Dirge of Cerberus definitely ended in Four, what I would oh, call oh ethereal God, space. Yeah, yeah. The, um, we call that the Gact Zone. The Gact. We, we go into the Gact Zone. Yeah. So we, that's that's what this is, right? We're in the Gact Zone. We're in the Gact um, Zone of this game. Four, kind of. I guess we're like in the center of a of the moon. Yeah. On like crystal and floor. Just further reinforcing that, like. Uh, that motif uh, or that symbolism that Corey mentioned, which is the like facades yeah, of yeah. Uh, what actually like the Falsi are, is that we're in a church and the entire walls of the church fall down and we're in this entirely like both cosmic and technologically like unfathomable space. It looks almost like we're in like a giant like particle accelerator or some sort yeah, of like, like the large warp cannon collider. of some sort. Yeah. And this it reminds me a lot of the like, I guess the warp jumps from like Mass Effect or whatever, right? Oh, the yeah. The gates or Yeah. It's like a cannon or something. Um, it's interesting too. I, I do like the um, some of the aesthetic because the it's purple. It, it's purple, which means you know it's late game. <laughs> the, the most powerful of all colors. What, what I do like is that uh, all of the pathways literally are red carpet. <laughs> so like <laughs> even though we're in this like big technological area, it's like they literally roll out the red carpet for us. So, so where's the, Avatar playing? So, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's so we're finally up to our movie theater. This is this is a uh, movie theater 13, of course. I don't know much about Avatar the Way of Water, but I do know that it has no beginning and no end, much like this game. <laughs> um there as we see like the the you know the church like uh, facade like falling apart and everything there are giant statues of I'm assuming the goddess that we've heard about uh, Etho, I, get, or, I think so like very very cool um, like there's a lot of them in, in separate areas that are kind of just oh yeah they're holding up and, they have wings and rings around them yeah they're, yeah they're can't help but wonder like oh who is that you know um, who I'm assuming we've heard about the goddess or who knows I mean it, it could be Lindsay Lindsay Lohan Lindsay Lohan on her glow up face that uh, Christmas movie that she did is very, very enjoyable. Is it? Yeah, I had a, I had a fucking blast watching it. I watched it right. mostly with contempt for most of it. Not for Lindsay yeah. Lohan. I, I wish her no ill will. Just that whole kind of genre of movie. It's like this weird kind of vacuum of like a 
pseudo conservative like oh traditional is better than like new stuff and traditional gotcha, family yeah. values kind of thing but i mean you put all that aside and just a dumb popcorn movie where you know lindsay lowen's kind of getting a, a reboot on her life and gets the carl seal of approval it was it was nice to watch <laughs> A lot of movie chat on this episode. Yeah. I like how the only fucking movie that I've watched, like, the only recent movie that I've watched has been the fucking Lindsay Lohan. Uh, I need to get on Letterboxd or whatever and just have that be the only one that Muskie I've will be very sad <laughs> to the have friend, else on. The friend Mutsky, yeah. Like. <laughs> so, uh, we're, this is Orphan's Cradle. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is Orphan's Cradle, The Tesseract. Ah. Uh. So this is more like a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does a tesseract actually mean? Because you hear it in a lot of movies. It's a four-dimensional cube. Okay. I see. It's it's the MacGuffin in all of the uh, adventure movies. Yeah, exactly. But I like that the... Um, I actually kind of noticed this, that the floor that we're on, there are some, like... From above, it actually almost looks like the Palamacia because there's these, like... Um, we're in the central area where there's like the church and then out front of it almost looks like there's um, some floor panels kind of fan out like wings. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I'd like to see the concern on some of our party's face as they witness this just unthinkable space opening up in front of them. Like There's greebles <laughs> flying past us. Saz is just like real concerned looking. Vanille's looking kind of bummed and Lightning's just like, fuck this shit. Like, <laughs> just like, I've had enough of this yeah, shit. Let's but, keep going. She, like, what did what, she say? This she is says, it? this is it. A lot of dreams died. This to, is the moment. <laughs> a lot of dreams died to get us here and we can't let it be for nothing. And uh, Saz says, you said it. It's not just our future we're fighting for. Hope says, we'll do it for everyone. Falsy rule ends here. Get another let's mosey moment. Yeah, Snow says, Dicely, we're coming for you. And the thing that Lightning says is, now, this is it. Now is the time to choose. Die and be free of pain <laughs> or live and fight your sorrow. And then we fight, um, what's her name? Unaleska. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay, yeah, so the one thing I wanted to talk about is once you advance very slightly, like just past these sacrifices. Um, yeah, there's like a red ramp going up. Right. right. You see three... Uh, dark magicians from Yu-Gi-Oh! appear. You see three dark magicians from Yu-Gi-Oh! essentially. I don't know what they do yet. I haven't gone up to all of them. But um, they kind of like appear before you. They Are there three of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah. One's purple, one's kind of golden and... Um, they open up uh, like little windows on these branching paths. One of them, only two of them are accessible right now. Yeah, yeah. They look for actually really reminiscent of the statue we just saw, except they have like kind of a mask yeah, on top of their yeah, head. Yeah. Just a little more Yu-Gi-Oh. I like that their elbows bend like the teenage robot, like it look like a fucking Craig McCracken yeah, character. Yeah. Oh yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. Just like cylinders. But they offer you um, these little portals that you can walk up to. One will take you back into Eden proper, so you can go. Uh, around there and fight around, level up whatever. Fight yeah. the Longwe. Um, fight the fucking giant that is now wandering around Grand Pulse. Yeah. Or finish those missions that we still got to do. Yeah. Yeah. One well, takes you back to Grand Pulse, and so you can actually go back there and and do the rest of the missions. We should mention these are Mario sixty four paintings, by the way. That we can jump. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. The third one takes you to Bob Bob Battlefield. It um, is it is interesting. So what I did was I I kind of just went and um, went right back to Pulse and then saved there and that's where I left off my thing. And it is uh, pretty jarring coming from the end of this chapter and everything that's gone on and everything that's like gearing up for and then going back to Grand Pulse and just hearing the beautiful music again and seeing like blank, the beautiful blank, and I was just like <laughs> oh my blank, god dude blank, blank, blank. Like, it uh, felt good going back to Pulse though you know. 
Yep. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because for next episode, what do we want to do? Because this game is a little bit weird in how it handles its end game, post game style content. Uh, most of the Final Fantasies that we've played, once you beat the game, you've beaten the game. There's no going back. There's no post game content, but there is end game content. Um, so like for 10. So I think it would uh, make sense because there's a lot of stuff back on Pulse. I feel like would maybe be more fun. Once we get that final Crystarian uh, unlock. Spoiler alert. That makes sense. Spoilers. Once you beat the game, you get another Crystarium level. So I think that would be more fun because there are like some super bosses, I think, and stuff like that. Like things are just going to kick our ass. So I think it'd be more fun yeah. if we have the entire Crystarium to our... And also it'd be fun to kind of... We end the game, but then we just get to go back to Pulsen for a little few weeks. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. Just, just hang out. <laughs> so do you guys want to just do the next story bit? There's a lot of shit that just, yeah, like I want to be able to level up a lot if, for some of this stuff. So it'd be nice to like not feel so uh, limited. Now, I would say um, if you are playing the game with us, by all means, go back and go to Grand Pulse and start getting some stuff because it does help with the final boss. Have a hoot. There's what, 64 missions? 64 like missions. There's a lot. Yeah. And I think um, if we're going. We're only up to 30 or something. Yeah. Right? yeah the first I, one, when, that, when, right? we, when we go through the teleporter, we get right back at our base camp where, you know, we touched down initially. Um, and there's a mission right there. And that is number 32. So we are just at the halfway point. I can't remember if we've done all of those missions up to 32 or if there's some oh, that maybe, are kind maybe. of. I know around. a lot of this. If you follow them, the story uh, ones, I think, just lead us all. Because I have my list actually right in front of me of what we've done, or at least what I've done, and it is um, we've done up to twenty eight. I think we've covered up to twenty eight on the uh, yeah. Podcast. I was gonna say I think Erba, and then we did Tyson's Tower, the optional one in there. Yeah, yeah. I think that was uh, part that, of it. The, oh, um, but now we have thirty two, and I also have one uh, number fifty four, which is the bigger they are, which I think we might have yeah. talked about a little bit. But that was one that I could I was not anywhere near powerful enough to fight. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to talk about it and explain it or anything, but if you are playing along with us and you are willing and want to, it's worth going to google.com or whatever and typing in Ochu uh, Mission Final Fantasy 13 and uh, doing that one early. There's a cheese strat for it and you may enjoy what you get from it. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I want to go into these like optional super shit like when the system could be real broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that will be a step one on breaking it. Hell yeah! Did we do that? I forget if we did Nemesis for ten before we beat. The yeah, well, we every did, right? we did, far yeah. we've done all of our um, extra stuff before the end of the game. I think the mm. thing that makes this one different is that there is stuff that opens after the end of the game, namely the Crystarium. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, like in 10, when you beat it, it's just like you don't get to save after beating it. Um, right. And you don't get to, you just start right before going to the, the place of no return. Right, right. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, I mentioned, I think, last, before the break, about the cut content, uh, seventh arc. Um, because when we get this cutscene, we see three portals open up in front of us. The one to our left to Grand Pulse, the one to our right to Eden, and the one in the middle is just black. And uh, I don't think it ever comes up again, but I noticed in the in the uh, the subtitle files, this scene, because we see Fang kind of lean inspecting the middle one, but she doesn't say anything. But there was a line that was cut that says, this one's connected to an arc. 
And oh, so that wow. middle one used to go to seventh when go to the seventh arc, which there is like a recorded dialogue. You actually can load up parts of it in the uh, in the debug mode, which is kind of cool. It's like a whole and a bunch of like just more places to train. I guess maybe that would be like where the last part of a Crystarium originally was supposed to unlock, so you can go back to Pulse oh, and do all super set before beating. It's just like. Because that's kind of like the theme of the arcs, right? Is to kind of train us to listen to be more yeah. powerful and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's the the sixth archstone from Demon Souls. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, but it's cool that it was like right there. Like they didn't even like delete the gate. It was like, oh, is this going to be the final well? I boss think area? that gate like, does <laughs> eventually open up. The way we go to the final boss ends up being like somewhere else, I think. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. I just well, mean there that is one a, that's, uh, I there's, there's another, another don't you gate at the that? end of the area. Oh, okay. At the very end of the area, yeah. I think it like tricks you into thinking that you've like returned to the same the same gate or they've moved the gate somewhere, but I think it's just that this one gate is just left untouched in reality. Much like everything in FF thirteen, it's unclear. Unclear. Anyway. But we can compare the gates uh next time. Alright, we'll whip them out and compare gates. Um, let's talk about yeah, let's, let's not talk about cut content. <laughs> let's talk about actual content. We're talking about yeah, real content. Because we are content creators here. Uh, Alex. And that has been some content. <laughs> Alex, would you like to uh, turn us into the sea without a focus? Um, Should, Do we have anything we want to announce first? Yeah, you got anything going on? Uh, yeah. At the time of this episode um, release. Supposedly coming out. Uh, yeah. Assuming. <laughs> um, but that would mean tomorrow I will be doing my Dark Souls No Wrong Warp Any Percent run at MAGFest. So if you're going to be at MAGFest... Uh, you can definitely come and check that out. Uh, that's going to be at 11 p.m. on Saturday, so tail end of uh, MAGFest. Um, should be pretty interesting. It'll be really fun. If you're not going to be at MAGFest... Wear your Binal Banasty shirt. Oh, I don't have Wear one Wear a Binal Banasty shirt. No, I'm talking about not you. I'm talking about... Oh, oh I, was like, I was like, I should, but I don't have one. <laughs> um, Fake fan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you're not going to be there, it's going to be streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash MAGFest. I'll be there. Oh, really? On oh. Twitch. I get excited. <laughs> I have a oh, show, okay. and if this show gets canceled, i be really mad that I didn't go to MAGFest <laughs> because of the show. I do have a, four shows coming up, but none of them are nailed down yet, so stay tuned. Oh, I have been doing a lot of speedrunning on twitch.tv slash twirlandcurtis. So follow me at twitch.tv slash twirlandcurtis and watch my Final Fantasy speedruns. Do it. Do it or else. And on uh, January 8th, if you're in Philadelphia, I will be playing at Ortlieb's with my band, The Human Fly. Oh, that's a good venue, too. They have good yeah, sound. I love Ortlieb's. It's a nice it's venue. A cool place. Good place. And uh, speaking of music, thank you to Masashi Amauzu for it. Um, also speaking of Masashi Amauzu, uh, almost used as the intro to this season, uh, but I feel like it was like, maybe too obscure for this game, is uh, the first album that Night of the Round released um, has a version of the boss fight with uh, Proud Clad 2. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, which is, is it hits real hard. It's really cool. It's like boom, boom, boom. Really cool. Go check them out. Of course, neither round. Bandcamp.com. It's uh because today, if you're listening to this, is Bandcamp Friday. Let's go, dude. So how about that? What timing? Um, but you can leave us a review and rate us on iTunes and Spotify. You can call us or text us at five three zero Materia. Thank you to everyone who's been calling and wishing us well. And uh, you can find us at every Evan FF on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And yeah, of all the podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Farewell. Bye. <laughs>